Almost 90% of women have cellulite. And guess what? It's not their fault. We don't choose cellulite, but we can choose a different way to treat it. Meet Quo, Collagenase Clostridium Histolyticum, AAES, the first and only FDA-approved prescription injectable for moderate to severe cellulite in the buttocks of adult women. This non-surgical treatment is injected by an aesthetic specialist in 10 minutes or less. Individual results may vary. Do not receive if you are allergic to any collagenase or ingredients in Quo or have an infection at the treatment site. May cause serious side effects, allergic reactions, including anaphylaxis and injection site bruising. Seek medical help right away for any signs of allergic hypersensitivity. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions, if you have a bleeding condition or take medicine that prevents clotting. Most common side effects include bruising, pain, hardness, itching, redness, discoloration, swelling, and warmth at the injection site. Ask your doctor about all possible side effects and for product information. If you're ready to get to the bottom of your cellulite, learn more and find a specialist at Quo.com. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Hello, everybody. We have a great, great show. I mean, seriously, what could we not? I mean, there's so much to talk about. Obviously, last night, Kyle Rittenhouse was on Fox News with Tucker Carlson. And we're going to, obviously, we're going to talk about that. And uh, he, he talks about his lawyers. Um, it, it's just, it, it's absolutely crazy what he, what he had to go through. I mean, they literally put it at the time, 17 year old kid through what is absolutely horrible. We're going to start with a clip that I think really was the best clip of the night. Um, in just a second, as soon as that clip wants to load, I guess my computer is already ready for the holiday. Also, if you guys are traveling while I'm waiting on my computer to work, um, I will have shows for you on Thanksgiving and everything like that. But we're going to listen to this uh, clip from Kyle Rittenhouse talking to Tucker Carlson last night, live, uh, not live, pre-recorded, but in a way live. So Tucker and Rittenhouse were talking and Rittenhouse was bringing up, you know, what he thinks truly is important or what, what, what is the important part? Um, it never had anything to do with race. Case has nothing to do with race. Um, it never had anything to do with race. It had to do with the right to self-defense. Right. Um, I'm not a racist person. I support the BLM movement. I support peacefully demonstrating and I believe there needs to be change. I believe there's a lot of prosecutorial misconduct, not just in my case, but in other cases. And it's just amazing to see how how much a prosecutor can take advantage of somebody. So as you just heard there, sorry, I was making some noise. But what you just heard there is that he said, you know, quite frankly, this case was never about race. 
He supports the Black Lives Matter movements. Now let's listen to this clip also. On trial in Wisconsin, it was the right to self-defense on trial. And if I was convicted, no one would be able, no one would ever be privileged to defend their life against attackers. Let that sit in. This kid is 18 years old, and he understands the significance. So um, now for those of you who have been living under a rug for the last 13, 14 months, um, you know, Kyle said that he's alive, um, but what could have happened that every night he dreams uh, and he thinks it might end up with him being seriously hurt or dead. Now, he talked about his prison sentence. Rittenhouse described the Kenosha County Jail as a one-star hotel, which is probably uh, probably fair. Uh, he, he he says it's like a Super 8. Now, to be fair, I've stayed in some Super 8s. They can be nice. Uh, but Rittenhouse told Tucker that he was in jail, a single jail cell with a desk, shower, toilet, TV, and was given a tablet and a phone to use, but claims he did not have running water. He added that he didn't want to bring attention to himself or cause problems with the guards by mentioning that he didn't have water, which resulted in him going without a shower from October 31st, the day he entered the facility, to November 20th. He said, and when I showered, I showered for like, uh, I took like a three-hour shower. I had like blood. My skin was bleeding because my body, uh, my skin was coming off my body. It was the nastiest thing ever. Now, obviously, that's terrible for, that. that's a terrible way to sit, but of course, I, I you know, he probably should have said something because if he would have said something, he wouldn't have fixed it. They probably could have got off on the Eighth Amendment. Um, but then Rittenhouse starts to call uh, Joe Biden a white supremacist. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse condemned President Joe Biden for calling him a white supremacist. Rittenhouse told Tucker that he is not a racist and he supports the peaceful part of the Black Lives Matter movement. Carlson asked the 18 year old how he feels knowing. People like Biden have called him a racist following the media's coverage of the case. He said, he said, this is what I would say. Mr. President, if I can say one thing to you, I would urge you to go back and watch the trial and understand the facts before you make a statement. Well, Joe Biden hasn't thought about anything probably since the late 90s. He continued uh, that being called a white supremacist isn't a small thing and that it carries actual malice and defamation. Rittenhouse added, it's sickening and a disgrace that people can get away with spreading lies pertaining to his case. You know, he also talks about how he wanted to turn himself in. Kyle Rittenhouse said, he said this, it's it's somewhere out there. He wanted to turn himself into law enforcement after shooting three men in Kenosha, Wisconsin last August, but that police, quote, weren't accepting visitors. Rittenhouse told Carlson that he would try to tell the police about the shootings during the protest, but when he approached the police cruiser, he was told to get back and was pepper sprayed. Although Rittenhouse admits he doesn't remember that. He says that he wanted to turn himself into the police, but he wasn't able to because of the barricades and fences up, which led him to turn himself to the Antioch Police Department about 20 miles away. Rittenhouse added he didn't think police were going to arrest him because he had defended himself, but a mob mentality in videos from the incident led them to. Carlson said that if he if it wasn't for the video proving Rittenhouse defended himself, he'd, quote, have never gotten out, and Kyle agreed. Now, the city of Kenosha had... Failed the, the community is what Rittenhouse said. He, he he slams lack of police. Now, keep in mind, he did not slam police. He slammed the lack of police. Kyle Rittenhouse said that Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers and the city of Kenosha failed the community. Rittenhouse told Tucker that he was in Kenosha on August 25th to help, to help offer to protect businesses. Carlson asked the 18-year-old where the police were during the event, and Rittenhouse replied that he's not sure, actually. And I didn't think that they got the support they needed. The National Guard should have been called in on the 23rd when the city of Kenosha failed the community. The governor, Tony Evers, failed the community, and there should have been a lot more resources to help with that. Now, 
here's what we knew going in that he had, this was recorded a couple of days after, but you know, I think that, I think that he, he should be cleared and I'm glad. Uh, so Kyle, it appears he wants to kind of go back to private life, which I kind of found interesting. He's taking classes at, um, he's taking classes at Arizona state university. Uh, we'd love to have him here down at UGA. He's taking them online right now. He, he said he wants to go back in person, which I, I, I found quite uh, interesting to say the least because that's, um, that is, uh, to, to, to say the least, it, it's asking for trouble in my, in my opinion. Um, but people are, are, are coming out and they are, they're absolutely coming out to his defense. And now when we come back, we'll talk about some of the trouble that Biden is having with one of his nominees. But, uh, It's important to know that the left tried their best to absolutely ruin this kid, yet he made it through, and he is much better for it. And he, I think, really could probably bankrupt CNN. I mean, tweet at me, at the knowing how much money you think Kyle Rittenhouse will get from their... Uh, from his lawsuits. And when when he actually... This is the best part. When he was asked about the lawsuits about the Famium, very smartly, he said... I have really good lawyers working at it. Carlson said, he, he pressed him again, and he said, again, I have really good lawyers working on it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think the federal case is going to absolutely, um, is going to going to stick. I think that it's unconstitutional. There's no uh, place where he could be found uh, to have violated federal law, in my opinion. He didn't harm a federal employee. He didn't do it on federal property, nothing like that. So it's a very big stretch for that to happen, but we'll be right back. I need you to head over to built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. These last couple of months, I have been working out more than I can tell you. I've been trying to get my beach body ready. That way I can look good on the beach next year or just in general. And I think you and I could always benefit from more protein. That is why I was ecstatic when Built.com reached out to me and offered to sponsor this show. They sent me a bunch of free merchandise and a bunch of free protein bars. And I must tell you, even though they were free, which is my favorite type of protein bar, they were delicious. They All I eat, even if they quit sponsoring the show, they will be all that I eat. My favorite bar is probably the double chocolate. However, the coconut marshmallow is a new bar. Delicious. Blueberry muffin, delicious. Mint brownie, delicious. So I need you to head on over to built.com. And when you do, you're going to need to put in the code let freedom ring. That's L-E-T-F-R-E-E-D-O-M-R-I-N-G.com. When you do that, you will get 12% off your order. Again, built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com, promo code let Freedom Ring. They're a good company that definitely all of this stuff is stuff that I would recommend to my friends and family. In fact, I do. So make sure you go over and give them a try. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone. And I, I want to play this clip from America's governor, Ron DeSantis, down there in the state of Florida, where, uh, you know, I'll let the clip, the clip speaks for itself. 
you look at what we just accomplished where we provided protections for Floridians so they wouldn't lose their job because of these mandates, and what we found out, not only are people's jobs being saved now at many, many companies, some businesses and companies are actually rehiring people that they had let go over these mandates. And so it's actually doing even more than, than we had anticipated, which is a really, really good thing. And the more jobs we're able to save, keep people employed, keep letting them put food on their table, hiring them back, you know, that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah, uh, Ron DeSantis, I think, has been the best uh, governor um, probably in, over during this pandemic. Uh, Brian Kemp's not that far behind, um, he, but he stayed, Ron DeSantis has stayed consistent, I think, throughout the whole time. Actually, it'll be very interesting to see. There, uh, I'll put it like this. There's some things. But Joe Biden has absolutely failed us, and the American people know it. I mean, I, I, I'll i put it like this. Um, Joe Biden was being asked questions, and uh, so I'll play this this clip. You won't. It's more of a clip you need to watch, but just listen to it to set the stage he was he was talking and then uh he he says he wants to keep jerome powell as fed chair and then uh this happens thank you all that was not edited so if you can't catch what happened listen listen so they're starting to ask questions they started they started playing music they started playing music. Now, I covered this yesterday, um, uh, but Biden's treasury nominee, this is probably why they need to play music, was arrested for shoplifting about $200 from TJ Maxx. President Biden's treasury nominee clearly understands money management. Simply steal what you need and retain your money. Biden's choice to oversee the office of a comptroller of the currency, OCC, Saul Omoravo, was imprisoned in 1995 for retail theft. The police, the police record detailing Amaravo's arrest was acquired by Fox News. According to the article, Amaravo was an adult at the time, 28, and stole $214 worth of stuff from TJ Maxx before being apprehended. A TJ Maxx security guard filed the police report. Speaking about the ethical behavior, Amaravo is currently a Cornell Legal School professor with a background in private law practice. She also served in the Treasury Department under the administration of former President George W. Bush. According to Fox News, the TJ Maxx security guard on duty informed police that he witnessed Amaravu steal the items by placing them in a huge handbag and concealing them with other apparel items. Amaravu paid for numerous things at the jewelry counter, but made no attempt to pay for the items concealed in her purse, according to the agent, who questioned her after she left the store with the stolen items. Amarova immediately sought the option to pay for the products and was compliant when the security guard told him he would, quote, sign a complaint about the items being removed without his authorization. According to the police report, the responding officer told Amarovo her rights, and which she waived and then confessed to having taken the things. It should be mentioned that I informed Amarovo that she was under arrest prior to reading her rights. The officer wrote, according to a Wisconsin Department of Justice background check obtained by Fox News earlier, Amarovo was granted deferred prosecution for the crime in January 1996, which was dismissed under the state's first-time offender program. In a statement to Fox News, a spokesperson said, quote, the White House strongly supports this historic nomination. So, so a person who pretty much admitted to stealing wants to regulate everything. It wants to regulate this. And so we got to get into this clip, but I, I think this leads into it. This is why the right will take back control in 2022. Because the left has no idea what they're doing. I mean, 
normally, if this was a Republican who had done this, right? If this was a Republican who had done this, they would abs- they would, without a doubt, that person would have to withdraw their nomination because, oh my God, you stole something when you were uh, 25, 26 years old. Uh, honestly, probably at that time making decent money. She was, she had just gotten about to go into the White House in a few years. But this is a clip from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, everyone's favorite New York socialist. Leader, Republican leader McCarthy has made very clear that, um, that, you know, he very much alluded to retaliation if Republicans take over the majority. And so that may mean that in order to exact revenge on consequences for his white nationalist member, he may strip uh, their committees as well. Uh, And so, you know, it's unfortunate, but frankly, Republicans have made very, very clear over several statements that if they win a House majority, they intend to take the chamber, take over the chamber in a very authoritarian manner. The only person authoritarian is Alexandria Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her friends in the left. I mean, here's the New Zealand prime minister bragging about restricting rights to those with vaccine passes. Listen. Um, the only authoritarian is uh, is the left, quite frankly. It's actually really straightforward. If you've got a vaccine pass, you can do everything. Basically, that's it. She's so happy about that. She is so happy, even though the people are not. Now, here's a clip that I think is also important to watch. This is over at Newsy. President Biden met with some of the biggest CEOs in the country Wednesday as part of his administration's efforts to get more COVID shots into arms. Executives from Microsoft, the Walt Disney Company, Columbia Sportswear, and other businesses were in attendance. Less than a week ago, President Biden announced companies with 100 or more workers will soon have to require their employees get vaccinated or face weekly testing. So that's important. To That was back in September. And... He has rolled back doing it because this is what Anthony Fauci said not too long ago. We would hope, and, and, and this is something that we're looking at very carefully, that that third shot with the mRNA not only boosts you way up, but increases the durability so that you will not necessarily need it every six months or a year. We're hoping it pushes it out more. If it doesn't, and the data show we do need it more often, then we'll do it. Yeah. So I wonder what the people who were told that if they got vaccinated, they wouldn't, you know, they could go back to living a normal life. I wonder how they're feeling right now. I mean, I know personally, I would be, you know, I I would not be having a good time if I was told life goes back to normal, except it doesn't. Something to think about. We'll be right back. If you're like me, you're super busy all the time. That's why my friends over at The Conservative Briefing have started their very own newsletter, and it's quickly becoming one of their top newsletters in the country. So when you subscribe every morning, right to your email box, you're going to get a list of about uh, 5, 10, maybe even 15 stories, maybe not quite that high, of to let you know what's going on, to sum up the day for you, to sum up the day before, what's going to happen today, is there going to be a vote, what is going on. So make sure you go over to the conservative briefing. 
com. Many of the stories they put in there, I actually use in my shows. You probably heard them a time or two. That's probably because I partly own the company. So make sure you go over to theconservativebriefing.com. They host this podcast for us. It's great, great show. Uh, it's a great newsletter to read every single morning. I read it every single morning. Go to theconservativebriefing.com. So in one of the most disgusting shows, this is uh, this is the clip from right outside the courthouse. Uh, no, not outside the courthouse, but uh, right after uh, what happened, right after the verdict. Say his name, Joseph Rosenbaum. Say what he did, rape kids. What's his name? Joseph Rosenbaum. What'd he do? He raped kids. I mean, look, it's been no secret. The left absolutely has been showing they're not necessarily all the way against pedophilia. Now, I want to get into a little bit of what the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, could have a defamation lawsuit against uh, many people. Uh, this is uh, over by Brian Flood at Fox News. Um, if there's quantifiable dam- damages, he will absolutely be successful, Emily Compagano, Compagno said. Multiple elite media outlets, liberal pundits, and Democratic politicians declared Kyle Rittenhouse a murderer and white supremacist before and after he was acquitted of all charges, leading many to believe the 18-year-old could, call, could have a case for defamation. It's just breathtaking some of the things that have been said, being written, I can understand the initial shock over what happened, and there's two people dead in riots on the streets happening in Kenosha back last year. People perhaps getting a few things wrong, but the misinformation continues to flow to this day, Guy Benson said on Monday. I saw example after example over the weekend of news articles from actual news organizations supposedly with lawyers of editorial oversight getting basic facts wrong about the case, about the trial, about the Jacob Blake police shooting from last summer. That was sort of the triggering event of the rioting, Benson continued. Details, of course, we have larger truths being spewed all over the time. The 18-year-old, Kyle Rittenhouse, was found not guilty on all five charges against him, including first-degree homicide, two counts of intentional homicide, two counts of first-degree endangerment. And uh, Cornell Law Professor William A. Jacobson told Fox News that whether Rittenhouse has a defamation claim or not will turn on the specific words used against him. He said, quote, generalized name-calling or offensive opinions will not suffice, nor will sloppiness or unreliance of inaccurate media reports. For this purpose, at least Rittenhouse was a public figure involved in a public controversy, and only specific false factual assertions harmful to his reputation that were known to be untrue or in reckless disregard of the truth even potentially give claim to this rise. Now, Good to know. MSNBC Tiffany Cross said racist in Congress, quote, feely, freely celebrate this little murderous white supremacist um, as, as uh, I guess, dismiss the verdict as what white people vote for. And the Washington Post correspondent Philip Bump provided, quote, analysis in a piece titled Rittenhouse was acquitted, not validated. Outlets have also inaccurately reported Rittenhouse traveled across state lines with a gun and incorrectly reported Blake was killed by police when he wasn't. He's still alive. A CNN guest credited the acquittal to the infantilization of Rittenhouse because of his young age and suggested white privilege was also a factor in the outcome. Before the verdict, left-wing coverage of the case was just as vitriolic. MSNBC contributor Jason Johnson compared Rittenhouse to a school shooter, while MSNBC's John Heilman 
said he is, quote, arguably a domestic terrorist. MSNBC's Joy Reid and Nicole Wallace referred to him as a vigilante, and Rep. Gwen Moore, Democrat of Wisconsin, used the, quote, white supremacist term when talking about Rittenhouse during an appearance on CNN in March. President Biden lumped Rittenhouse in with white supremacists in a video shared last year on Twitter. The View co-host, Sonny Hostin, said Rittenhouse murdered two people and fellow co-host Whoopi Goldberg reiterated that sentiment on Monday discussing his acquittal. Far-left young Turks host Cenk Uger called him, quote, deeply racist and said he, quote, murdered a couple of people. A white Trump-supporting MAGA-loving Blue Lives Matter social media partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. Heilman said of Rittenhouse last year, again repeating the falsehood about him crossing a state line. The, again, this is just absolutely crazy to me. Um... Not a single person fee- saying that feels the least bit of shame because they won't actually go on air to tell the people the truth, Buck Sexton said. When asked specifically if the term white supremacist is enough for Rittenhouse to move forward with defamation claims, Jacobson said there isn't a simple answer to a complicated situation. He said, quote, whether calling someone a white supremacist is legally actionable would depend on whether a specific state law considers it an opinion, in which case it would be protected speech or a statement of fact, in which case it could be actionable if knowing it's false. Talking to lawyers I know, I, I I would say it's actionable. I would say the basic thing is like if you could get fired for it, right? If you could, you you could get fired for people calling you a white supremacist. So I think that that is. I'll be interested to see. I mean, this kid's reputation has been absolutely ruined, and for what? For what? Because he defended himself. Because he defended himself against the left trying to murder him? I mean, what the heck? What did he do that was wrong? Let's listen to this and react to this, uh, uh, to Rashida Tlaib clip. In June, uh, you suggested that defenders of the filibuster are motivated, at least in part, by racism. Do you still feel that way? I mean, it's just what I'd look at history. There was an anti-lynching um, legislation. They used the filibuster. Uh, okay, so in the past, the Black Panthers have used uh, guns to keep uh, the Klan from killing them. Does that mean that you now support guns? To block it. The Civil Rights Act of 57 used the filibuster to block it, and now the freedom to vote using the filibuster to block it. You- who does not have a freedom to vote other than the pedophiles that people like Rashida Tlaib want to let vote? I mean, Bernie Sanders said that he wants the Boston Marathon bomber to be able to vote while he's in jail. So the filibuster seems to be triggered in, in points like this where it is about uplifting black folks in our country and protecting them. In 2017, more than half of Senate Democrats, including now Vice President Kamala Harris, signed a letter to Senate leaders urging them to preserve the legislative filibuster. Why would so many Democrats, including Kamala Harris, have argued to preserve an instrument of racism? You know, I don't know. Uh, I know this. I know the House of Representatives used to have a filibuster. We got rid of it because it was used to obstruct progress for our country. Uh, I just know what it does now, and it's currently being used to vote. I I I guess what I'm asking is, you know, some people see this as a fight of convenience. You're saying it's a fight of morality and ethics, right? I do not support the filibuster. Right. I don't think I ever have. Between 2015 and 2021, when Senate Democrats were in the minority, they used the filibuster to block 
Republican bills that would have ended government funding for Planned Parenthood, mm -hmm. cut funding for so-called sanctuary cities that don't enforce federal immigration laws, and banned abortions after 20 weeks. Do you think America would be better off today if the filibuster had not existed during the Trump years? I mean, it would have been unfortunate, of course, but I tell you this much, um, maybe it would have created the movement that needed to happen outside of Congress to demand accountability, right? But I don't want something to be used over and over again to stop um, protecting my black neighbors. And it seems that's when it gets triggered the most. But you Okay, so here's here's the here's the interesting thing, right? So she's absolutely falling apart at this point. There's about a minute left. We'll play it in just a moment. But here here's the truth of the matter. Rashida Tlaib is not smart. She's quite frankly not smart. And there is a certain segment of people, right and left, who truly think that stuff should, by the federal government should pass immediately. That things should be reactionary, should be done. The federal government was not designed to be a reactionary government. No government was designed to be reactionary. That's why the House is, that's why originally the House was elected and the Senate was appointed because then, you know, the cooler heads would prevail in the Senate and people would talk about it. We'd get compromised and then you have to go back and forth between the two houses. You know, pretty much, here's the thing. Here's the fact of the matter. You don't want a reactive federal government because here, here's the truth of the matter about the federal government. It's ineffective at almost everything besides ta collecting taxes and war. That, that's the, the only things it's good at. And there are a number of legislations that are I'm probably would have supported passing, some of which this reporter mentioned, but didn't get passed because of the filibuster. Doesn't mean I want to get rid of the filibuster. You know. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, what about when they went nuclear a couple of years ago? Look, the filibuster is important, right? And it used to be that Democrats and Republicans understood, okay, elections have consequences. You have a president, even though ours is probably illegitimately elected. I think you all can probably agree on that. So you have a president and they won and there's a nomination to the Supreme Court. I mean, they used to get like um, Antonin Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, two polar opposites in terms of politics, both got unanimous support. That doesn't happen anymore. That doesn't happen anymore. Let's keep watching. You, you, as, a, as a matter of principle, even if Republicans win the White House, Senate, and House after the 2024 elections, you will still vocally advocate to abolish the filibuster. I mean, I think abolish, abolishing the filibuster. Why doesn't she just say yes? Yes, I would still vocally do it. Just say it. It's. I hate when politicians say yes or no. Yes or no. Yes, I would... Yes, I would abolish the filibuster. No, I'm a liberal. Therefore, I have double standards. Is critical to making sure. because. But you'll we, still say we need to get rid of it. Even, I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if there's a tool, though, that they can use it to stop because they used it. I would, okay, so yeah. now you're saying. <laughs> let me, let so, me tell you why. So now you're saying that you would use the, use some sort of filibuster to stop it. Here we go. This is, yeah. this is interesting. Well, no. It's, it, let me tell you why. Um so Rashida would be Tlaib will become an overnight fan of the <laughs> no, filibuster? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, okay. actually. Right. I, would, I, would, I just would think even the his, history behind the filibuster has proven over and over again it's just not good for our country. But, you know, for me, it's like I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, my God, you used the filibuster to, to, to you know, right. stop folks attacking the women's choice? Of course not. But, like, but at the same time, I know. You fundamentally believe it needs to go. Oh, I, I understand. Do, I, I do. That. Yeah. I hypocritical 
you want it to go, but you you wouldn't complain if people used it to further the rights for women to kill babies. Interesting thought process there. Uh, when we come back, we will be discussing um, the next couple of days, and then we will be discussing some other matters that I think need to be uh, discussed. Um, yeah, Rashida Tlaib, not a very most most people in the United States Congress are just not very smart in general. Before we get to the ads, if there's ever anything you think I did bad, you think I did good, you just want to comment, make sure you email me, noah at noahring.org. When you email me, I hope it comes directly to my phone. There's nobody who will screen it before you send it. Go ahead and send it to noah at noahring.org. That could be a story. That could be a news clip, whatever you want it to be. Go ahead and follow me on social media as well at the Noah Ring on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Getter, Parlor, CloudHub, probably MySpace if you really want to look that hard because it's important that you follow me on all those because I do this show once a day, but I post on social media many too many, too many times a day. So go ahead and go over to the Conservative Brief or sorry, follow me at the Noah Ring. Uh, my website, noahring.org, sign up for my newsletter, sign up for my Substack. Uh, that way I can bring the news directly to you. When you share the gift of Play-Doh Compound, every can opens a world full of colorful possibilities. A blue alien can ride a purple donut or a robot and a bear can share a pink birthday cake. So surprise them with the Play-Doh brand this holiday and watch imagination take shape. Okay, so I want to get into this uh, again, covered on my Substack, inring.substack.com. A college professor had been charged with battery of an anti-mask requirement demonstration. Demonstrator, sorry. A North Idaho college professor is accused of assaulting a woman who supported the college's decision to eliminate its mask requirement. A North Idaho college lecturer has been charged with misdemeanor battery for allegedly attacking a person holding a banner supporting the college board of trustees' decision to abolish the university's wide mask rule. Rochelle Autisson held a placard depicting a red circle with the words medical fascism within and a cut across it during the September North Idaho College Board of Trustees meeting. Autisson told Campus Forum that she brought it, the placard, to convey her support of the board's decision to rescind the mask mandate, which was made in August. I just wanted to be a freedom warrior, she explained. In reaction, Audison claimed that Teresa Lohr, a part-time biology le- lecturer at NIC, slammed into her and popped the sign out of her hands. Audison claims that Lohr told her immediately after the conf- confrontation that she was dissatisfied with the mandate's removal. Audison stated, paraphrasing Lohr, that Lohr was concerned that, quote, because of individuals like Audison, she couldn't force her students to wear masks. I was flabbergasted for a couple of seconds, like, what the hell just happened, Audison told Campus Reform. We hadn't spoke to one another in a long time. I don't recall ever seeing her before in my life. I've never spoken with her, other than the fact that she couldn't stand my sign. There was nothing else. She felt justified in coming over and being violent. Hmm, I wonder why, because normally millions and millions of people on the left will support her. Hmm, interesting. Audison claims she sustained a light wrist and arm injury and told Campus Reform she filed cl- uh, charges against Lore. Campus Reform received a copy of the police record which states that lore was charged with misdemeanor battery according to the investigation while at the nic school board meeting witness Teresa lore beat spectator rachel otteson and that quote they had no relationship prior to the event there was no need for medical attention Teresa was charged with violence and the report was obtained otteson expresses quote worry that the pupil's capacity to express themselves freely and securely is under threat campus reform request from a, for a response from NIC, Board of Trustees and Lord were not responded to in time for this publication. Boy, oh boy. I wonder why people like this 
they, they feel justified in doing this. Because the person she attacked is, you know, probably a white supremacist, let's be honest. Guys, the left is going after your kids. A lecturer, which is pretty much a professor, assaulted somebody who did not want to wear a mask on campus. Think about that. Assaulted somebody who did not want to wear a mask on campus. This is happening all over the country. All over the country. We have to combat it. We have to fight back against it because I don't want to live in a, in a fascist country in 20 years. And I'm sure you don't either. So that's why I'm defending your kids.